Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery, our true crime podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Heather, and I know absolutely nothing about true crime. And my name is Jillian, and I consider myself somewhat of a true crime expert. Yes, Jill is our resident true crime expert. And we created this podcast so that Jill could teach me about all things true crime, both locally and nationally, and to take you guys along for the journey, so that if you too know nothing about true crime, you can learn something. Or maybe hear another perspective about stories you already know. Okay, so we're back with another spooky Halloween episode, but I do just want to throw this out there before we get started. This week for me was like a nightmare. So if you saw on Facebook, my cousin at the time of this episode, my 15-year-old cousin is still missing. My dogs both had emergencies all weekend. They're fine. But I was a little hectic. And so my lovely mother, Dr. Gina, helped me write this episode. Thank you so much. She helped me with the researching and she helped me avoid having more of a mental breakdown than I was already having. But thank you for that, mother. I will still be making fun of her during this episode. But, okay, we're going to take things a little more modern-ish. Okay. Because okay. we've been talking about the 14 and the 1500s the past couple weeks. This week, we're going to go to August 27th of 1906. Still a long time ago. Yeah, but much closer. Very much. So, these things should have more accurate information. This is when Edward Theodore Gein was born in La Crosse, Wisconsin. He had an older brother named Henry, Ed's father, George, under grocery store, but he was also an alcoholic. His mother was supposedly a religious fanatic who was extremely controlling and caused a lot of mental anguish for her family. Her name was Dr. Gina. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That was not very nice. (laughs) Love your mom. But her name was really Augusta. I googled her picture. She looked like scary. So supposedly she was extremely religious and obsessed about purity and was always ranting to her sons about the sin of lust and desire. While growing up in this repressive household maybe contributed to some of his mental illnesses. I don't think having a dominating parent necessarily causes someone to be a serial killer because I am just fine. When Ed was about nine years old, the family sold the store and moved to a farm just outside of Plainsfield, Wisconsin. Ed later said that they struggled to grow crops in the area because the soil was sandy and the locals in the area didn't want to help him with growing crops. It is said that he rarely left the farm except to attend school. He lived there all the way until his adulthood. And in 1940, when Ed was about 34, his father passed away. So he and Henry, who might have still been living on the farm, we're not 100% sure, began working lots of extra, like, handyman-type jobs to try and support their family, which was really just them and their mom at this point. Okay. A few years later, in 1944, the brothers were burning some brush on the farm when the fire got out of control. After it was put out, Henry, Ed's brother, was found dead. Despite... Oh. Yeah. So here's the thing. He was found dead because of the fire, but his body was covered in bruises. Oh. But his death was still ruled an accident. And authorities, like, initially were like, okay, like, he died because of the fire. I don't know. Maybe smoke inhalation or something. I don't think he was, like, burned. Oh. But they they said he died because of the fire. I assumed he was, like, burned. 
Yeah, well, yeah. But initially they were like accident. Later on, they're like, maybe Ed probably did that. But I'm not sure exactly how it was said to have done or why he was suddenly suspected, except when we get more into it, you'll understand why. This later behavior is the scary part of the story. I read that people always thought Ed was, quote, a bit odd. He was said to be devoted to his mother and never dated anyone or even left his house very much. He lived with his mom still. Nothing wrong with that, but he was a grown man. But it is, it is like, you do wonder about it. Oh, yeah. It's not that there's something necessarily wrong, but, like, it does make you wonder. Unless, unless your mother has physical ailments. Right, and you need to care for her. Right. It is a little strange. But, you know, if you're just trying to save money, good on you. Yeah, but even if you're saving money, like, you should still have a social life. Probably. So well, that's yeah. why I'm saying, like, it makes you wonder, but doesn't necessarily mean anything's wrong. You know what I mean? Right. But, you know. If you never leave your house. In this case, it was really wrong. <laughs> there's concern. Yeah, so unfortunately, his mother did pass away in 1945, when Ed was 39, and his mental health began to disintegrate. Ed was now living alone and mostly hung out in his mother's bedroom. That's weird. Mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> the farmhouse quickly became a mess and was falling apart, but his mom's room was neat and tidy, just the way she had left it, exactly how she left it when she died. It was like he made it into a shrine for his mother. Now, remember how I said the townsfolk thought that Ed was weird? Mm-hmm. Well, other than being a handyman and doing, like, small little jobs here and there, he took up babysitting. I just do not... If you thought that someone was weird, you should not bring your child to them. Yeah. So, but don't worry. Um, I don't think there's anything out there that any child was harmed okay. or hurt. During this little process thing. But there were some adults from the area that had mysteriously disappeared over the years. Two hunters, Victor Travis and Ray Burgess, along with their car, vanished without a trace in 1951 after an evening at the Plainsfield Bar. The only evidence ever found was one man's jacket and his dog. They were both discovered in the woods near Ed's property. Just after the disappearance, a neighbor complained about a horrible smell coming from Ed's garden. When questioned, Ed said that it was his tropical fish that died. <laughs> you don't get it. Sorry. I do not get it. I know. It's, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was, it was from the Jeffrey Dahmer series. Anyway, um, Ed said that the men were killed by a neighbor and that he could lead them to the grave. But for whatever reason, authorities never took him up on the offer, which, what the heck? You literally have one job, and they're helping you with it. Sometimes, sometimes we just have to wonder about the law enforcement. 100%. Sometimes they do a great job, and sometimes you just are left, like, with all these questions in your head, like, what were you doing? What were you thinking? Why did you not ask more questions? Like, Or even take him up on his offer. He said he was going to like show you where bodies were. And you're like, nah. I'm it good. sounds like a lot of paperwork. <laughs> That's so strange. Right. Anyway. 
So the hunter's remains, along with their entire car, were never recovered. Another person who went missing was named Mary Hogan. She was born in Germany and came to the United States when she was just 11 years old. She was married a couple of times and had a daughter named Christine. I can't find a lot about her, but she ran a local tavern in Pine Groves, Wisconsin. Even though he was mostly a recluse, Ed often went and drank when he wasn't hanging out in his mom's room, of course. And Mary disappeared on December 8th of 1954 when she was about 55 years old. A few years later, in 1957, on the opening day of deer season, that one's for Darian, Bernice, <laughs> he would know exactly what day that is, Bernice Warden was reported missing. And she and her husband owned a small business called Warden Hardware in Plainsfield, Wisconsin, which she continued to run after her husband died about 10 years prior. That day, the store's cash register, along with Bernice, disappeared. And when people got there to look for it, they noticed that there was a trail of blood leading out the back door, along with the missing cash register and no sign of Bernice. Okay. So it wasn't looking good. Um, also, Bernice was about 58 years old at the time. But guess what? Bernice, Bernice's son, Frank, was a deputy sheriff. And he was immediately suspicious of Ed, the babysitter. Why? I don't know. Probably because everybody thought he was everybody weird. Everybody thought he was weird. Yeah. Which, yeah. honestly, that still happens. Like, people was immediately think it's the weird people. So, Ed quickly was apprehended at a neighbor's house. Surprising it wasn't in his mom's bedroom. I was going to say. <laughs> I thought he didn't leave the house. Right. Um, the authorities sent to Ed's home that night were greeted by a gruesome sight. That was a rhyme. There was a headless, gutted body hanging from the ceiling. What the heck? Further investigation yielded more shocking discoveries, including organs in a jar and skulls used as soup bowls. Oh my god. Yeah. What? Schools were also mounted on bedposts, and human skin were used for lampshades and upholstering chairs. This took a turn. That took a turn. <laughs> I She jumped out of her chair. <laughs> I did. I'm shocked. Like, I do not. I'm speechless. I have no idea what to say. Yeah. So, obviously, Ed was immediately arrested, and... After some intense questioning, he confessed to everything. But Ed's lawyer, which I don't know how he would even try to, you know, talk his way out of that one, lawyer his way out of that one. But William Belter entered a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. And that adds up because I feel like... It, it ha <laughs> he has to be crazy. Right. In January of 1958... Ed was found unfit to stand trial and was committed to Central State Hospital, where he variously worked as a Mason Carpenter assistant and a medical center aide, which I don't think he should have been given that job. Especially Carpenter assistant, they work with tools, and I feel like he was not fit to have any sort of tools or help in medical aiding of people. I feel like if he has no access to dead people, he's okay. Well, he's the one that killed them. Uh, I know, but they're going to notice if he kills somebody at the hospital. Yeah, but, oh, I just, I don't know. In early 1968, 
Ed was finally determined fit to stand trial for the murder of Bernice Warden. Ed admitted that after buying a jar of antifreeze at the store, he then loaded a 22 caliber caliber rifle from the store with a shell that he had in his pocket. Though it is said that it was an accident and the gun went off, a bullet went into Miss Warden's head. The amount of blood found by investigators on the floor suggests that Ed then cut her throat before dragging her body out the back door and loading it into the store's delivery truck. He then returned to he then returned the used rifle back to the rack, grabbed the cash register and drove off with the body. Interesting choices. Yeah, I don't know if he was like really like took the cash register or if he was trying to make it look like it was a robbery. Maybe it wasn't. I mean, he didn't work that much. He probably needed the money. True. True. In November of 1968, Ed was found guilty of the murder of Bernice Warden. However, he was also found insane at the time of the murder, and he was recommitted to Central State Hospital. But the other murders. Mary Hogan, her disappearance remained a mystery for years until police recognized her head in a paper bag among the piles of gruesome evidence recovered from Ed's farmhouse after his arrest. Ed was never tried for Mary's murder. During his initial interrogation, he also admitted to killing and dismembering Mary Hogan. However, the confession was ruled inadmissible because the sheriff had slammed Ed's head into the wall, probably because one of the victims was his mom. Mm-hmm. Or because the whole thing was just so horrific, I can't even imagine walking Probably into that. Probably a little bit of A and a little bit of B. Yeah. But I'm surprised they didn't just... I'm surprised, honestly, that they even, like, let this be in the same county. Because it's obviously these people knew each other. Yeah. And, like, I don't know how they didn't just, like, freak out on the guy and kill him. You know, I'm sure that he wanted to. I'm sure it was very hard not to. Right. But with that sort of evidence, authorities attempted to connect him to other murders and disappearances from the area in recent years, including the murders of the hunters, which they should have just figured that out then. It was just saved a lot of people, but they were unable to draw any definitive conclusions. He only confessed to killing Bernice and Mary, but again, was only convicted of Bernice's murder. But that wasn't all they had on him. Ed was also really into studying the human anatomy. My mom wrote, props for his academic ambitions. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> okay, mom. He admitted to digging up numerous corpses from local cemeteries, which were mostly women, which is where he got all the skin from. Oh, ew. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, if he only admitted to killing those two people, where did all these... I don't know. I don't even want to think about it. Sorry. <laughs> Trigger warning. It's gross. <laughs> I want them. I want him to not have people's skin or heads or skull balls. Yeah. That makes me want to throw up. So it gets worse. I should have put a trigger warning in the beginning of this. Trigger warning. Um, mentions of necrophilia. He was alleged allegedly practicing necrophilia as well. Which, if you don't know, it's assaulting dead people. Yeah. I don't feel like that's a good description, but that's okay. We're going to just go with it. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. 
Interviews with psychiatric professionals in the months after his arrest indicated that Ed felt though he had the power to resurrect the dead after his mother died. Yes, you sure do. That's why you peeled their skin off of them. <laughs> it was also found that Ed was cutting off body parts from his victims and fashioning masks and suits out of their skin that he wore around his home. I just don't want to hear anymore. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm kind of over this. <laughs> so, supposedly, allegedly, Bernice and Mary both resembled Ed's mom. I wondered that because they were around the same age. Yeah. And I thought maybe they were around the same age as his mother. Mm-hmm. Which, if you loved your mother so much, it doesn't really make sense, but No, it does, was, it does not make sense. Yeah. He's clearly deranged. There are big things, big things wrong. Very. But whether it was corpses he had dug up or people he had killed, Ed would bring his victims back to his farmhouse. Authorities did an extensive search of the property. However, they could never find any burial sites or evidence that Ed actually disposed of the remains that he didn't use in his collection. Now, perhaps this is just a coincidence, but Ed apparently became known to give out packages of venison. Sorry, this is really going to mess you up. That's okay. Venison to his neighbors quite often, but he claimed that he never hunted the deer himself because he said, quote, he couldn't handle the sight of blood. Were they deer? Probably not, if he's lying about that, because clearly he likes the sight of blood Well, as he's dismembering people. They, yeah, they found Bernice's body hanging in the shed, gutted like a deer. That is disgusting. His poor neighbors. My neighbor brought me tomatoes one time, and now I'm questioning everything. Well, this is not the first time we've heard about that either. Yeah. About people bringing neighbors meat. I I, I don't just, know if that was ever confirmed with Cassidy. Though. I know it wasn't confirmed, but it's not the first time I've heard it, and I just cannot eat meat from neighbors now. Mm-mm. No. I need to have receipts. Show me your tags. <laughs> if it's deer. Yes. I, just, I need to see your tags. <laughs> I just have a Otherwise, fear. that's a person... Well, I just have fear that, like, everything is going to be poison. Like, even my neighbor, who's very nice, brought brings, like, fresh vegetables from their garden. Sir, I don't know you that well. <laughs> like, it's very sweet of you. I'll let my boyfriend eat it. So after his conviction, the farmhouse was vacated. And in March of 1958, one day before the property and all of Ed's possessions were to be auctioned off, which I f- assume was all... I don't know. I would say not. I don't know because I would say I, not. I believe that some people have this in their collection. What do you mean? I've I am gonna have to triple check that, but I am pretty sure that some people that collect serial killer memorabilia have his pieces. Like people skin lamps? Yes. No. Let me just There's no way they let people buy those. Well, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer's sun- glasses just went up for sale. Those are glasses. True, they're not people. Not they made are. out of people. Do people have... If they did, those police made big mistakes. Well, we already know they made mistakes. Utterly disgusting. And all the people who own one of those should go to jail right now. Okay. 
Let's see. I feel strongly. I don't know. I can't actually find anything on it. it. Somebody said that a lot of it was destroyed in the fire, which would mean that they were going to auction it off. But I can't confirm if that's true or not. But I have seen pictures of it. But those may have just been taken before. There is like an Ed Gein Museum. But I can't even find out if that has his stuff. So I, I don't... I just feel like we shouldn't. It should not be on display. Like, nobody should be able to see it. It's. I just feel like it's so disrespectful to the people whose oh, skin it is. I mean, like, there was... He had a bell made out of women's nipples. I don't like that word. A belt? A belt. Made out of nipples. Yes. He was real screwed up in the head. I'm perplexed. Mm-hmm. And appalled. But now I'm wondering if everything got destroyed in the house fire, which again, why would it be in the house and not in the police station? That's what I'm saying. So I don't actually know. I'm confused. I should have looked more into that. However, I didn't really think to Google if people had his stuff. But like, so that one, don't hold us accountable if all of that is wrong. But in March of 1958, one day before the property and all of Ed's possessions were to be auctioned off, a fire reduced the house to a smoldering pile of debris. The fire was never investigated, which honestly, I feel like they were probably just like, eh. But listen, good riddance. Yeah. <laughs> Rumors of the property being purchased and opened as a tourist attraction called the House of Horrors may have prompted the arson. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Though it is a strange business adventure that never happened, there were some people who are still obsessed with visiting all the places associated with Ed Gein. Mary Hogan's Tavern is now gone, but there are several websites that won't be listed because it's kind of creepy that give the directions to those that want to find the driveway and the empty lot where it once stood, along with, like, all of the other places he went. The business that was owned by Bernice Warden remained a hardware store until a few years ago when the most recent owners built a new store nearby and left it empty. Even though Ed's farmhouse was gone, the property was bought in 1958 by Edmund Sheely. I wouldn't want that. No. Bad juju. Sheely There's dead people buried there in the garden. Well, they couldn't find it. I... I know, but if the neighbor said, this garden smells awful, and he said, I know where the dead bodies are. It must are. not have been that big of a farm. I know, I was thinking that as well. Yeah. Because how would the neighbor have smelled? And especially farm, if, farms don't smell good. True. They smell like cow manure. But he tore down the outbuildings, planted trees, and sold off most of the land, except the area that the farmhouse stood on. That was no longer there. His grandson, Mike Fisher, inherited the property later, and in 2006, he attempted to sell the property by listing it on eBay for $250,000 under the heading Ed Gein's Farm, the real deal. eBay, of course, removed it, even though it's not necessarily wrong. I think yeah. they were just like, mm, no. I'm not sure when the property was sold after that, but I read that there is a metal gate across the driveway to prevent people from getting near the house or where it once stood. Ed died in the mental health institution in 1984 at the age of 78, which maybe the death penalty wasn't a thing there, but 
or maybe it was because he was deemed insane. But I just feel like that's one of those things where people probably push for the death penalty. Yeah. But he was, I don't know how that works, but I, I do think that the insanity thing makes a difference. Part, yeah. He was buried alongside his brother and his parents. They did this at three o'clock in the morning. I can understand why. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ed is also buried in the same cemetery as Mary and Bernice. Yeah, that's rude. disrespectful. Yeah. Which I, I mean, they still have loved ones out there. I can't imagine having to go and visit the gravesite knowing that the person that killed them is also buried there. But Bernice, whose killing led to Ed's arrest, is buried in a family plot on the cemetery. Mary's remains were buried over nine years after her murder. But the plot is unmarked, I assume, to prevent it from being a tourist attraction. Directly in front of Ed's plot is a grave that he had once robbed. That was, in fact... Oh my gosh. That makes me mad. Yeah. Which, I know that they had to bury him somewhere, but maybe seaside burial. You know? Or anywhere else. Right. But one place that is open to the public is the, I'm going to say that, Worcestershire County Jail. I know I said that wrong. And Sheriff's Residence in, I'm also going to say that, Watatoma, Wisconsin. This is where Ed was brought after his arrest, and it is still standing. Inside the old brick building of the Worcestershire County Historical Museum, the jail cell that he used like the rest of the building, is used to house the Historical Society collection. Which, I don't know if you've been there, but same in Troy. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Nine of a thousand stars every year. Take the door. So, how does this play into our theme of spooky people? Well, of course, because he was absolutely insane and gruesome, it inspired a couple different famous, oh, famous serial fake monsters. One being Norman Bates from Psycho. I haven't seen him. Oh my gosh, Heather. I know who he is, and I know that there's like the Bates Motel show. Yeah. I haven't watched it. Okay, well. I don't like being frightened. It's like. I know that goes against having a true crime podcast, but like, I don't like being frightened. It's. Psycho is not. I wouldn't say it's scary. Maybe back then, I know back then it was scary, but here's a crazy fun fact. Um, there was, like, psychologists that interviewed people coming out of the movie theater mm-hmm. when they saw that. Mm-hmm. And all they could talk about was, like, how much blood was in the movie. And it's funny because I believe that it was less than, I don't know the exact number, but it was it was either, like, Less than one cup of blood or less than, not real blood, but less than half of a cup. Like, a really small number of blood in the entire movie. And everybody kept talking about it? And everybody was like, there was so much blood, like, everywhere. And because it was, I mean, back then, psychologically messed people up. Yeah. But me watching it now, it's one of my favorite movies, but it's not scary, you know? Yeah, Still a good movie. You like being frightened. I'm real. It depends. I like horror movies that are psychological thrillers. I do not like horror movies that are, like, demonic. I cannot. Yeah. You need to get out of my house if you want to watch that. Now, I just want to say that I am not like those people on Facebook that are trying to say Hocus Pocus is going to bring demons in your house. I just watched Hocus Hocus Pocus. Pocus. Yeah, they just made a second one. Yeah, I I don't have Disney. 
Um, okay, so there are some other people aside from Norman Bates. Um, Norman Bates, obviously. That was his obsession with his mother, right? Yes. Okay. Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. I ain't seen that either. Okay, these are classics. Have I you know. seen The Shining? No. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I do not like being frightened. And also, like most horror movies, my dad did not let me watch when I was a kid. I just... And then as I got older, I was like, I don't want to watch that. Why would I put myself through that stress? I am stressed enough. Do you think Beetlejuice I have is enough. scary? I've never seen Beetlejuice. But is it, like, if you were, like, somebody was like, Beetlejuice, would you think it was scary? Because it's funny. Beetlejuice, I thought, was is, like, a cartoon. No. It's not a cartoon? Uh-uh. Is it, like, a Broadway thingamabobber? Well, it is now. Because I see lots of TikToks about Beetlejuice. It is now, but it... it of people, like, singing the song... He says you have to say my name three times interrupted, whatever, and then they do the song. But I've never seen Beetlejuice. I, I just, don't know. I do not know if it's spooky or not. It's not. I assume it's related to Halloween. Yeah. So my house, I have a bunch of Beetlejuice. It's Halloween. I have a bunch of Beetlejuice stuff. And I was like showing Heather like the diary of the, or the handbook for the recently deceased. She's like, I don't know what this is. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm um, sorry. I know, but it's not scary. Like these are like. Have you seen the Adams Family? We're gonna have a Halloween movie night, and I, I watched the play The Adams Family. Does that count? No. You know what? You remind me of Ian because he wasn't allowed to watch these growing up either. And so it's not last that I year, well, I guess like when I was little, I wasn't allowed to watch it. But my dad really doesn't like um, anything that has anything to do with demons. He's like, no. Well, this so is like that. The exorcism stuff. Yeah. That kind of stuff. He's like absolutely not allowed in his house, which is fine. I totally get it. I don't want that in my house either, to be honest with you. But the rest of it, like, I just don't want to be frightened. So we're going to have a movie night. You guys can come along with us. And we're going to watch all of the, like, good, like, classic, not scary. I won't make you watch Psycho or anything like that. But, like, Beetlejuice, Adam's Family, like, we gotta watch, we gotta watch these, okay? Okay, okay. It's okay, good. Okay, okay, okay. Who else? Okay, and so we have Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. And lastly, probably the most famous, would be Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was real life, right? That's a movie. Oh, I thought the Texas... Chainsaw Massacre actually happened. Yes, it did. It was Ed Gein. <laughs> what? That's who it's based off of. Oh. Okay. So, like, it did happen in real life, kind of, because it was based off... No, but off- I, thought, I thought there was a true, actual thing that was called that. Like, a real event in history, but I clearly was wrong. Well, I mean, I mean as far as I'm aware, this is, like, what they based the movie off of. Well, I haven't seen that either. Honestly, I don't. I've never seen Texas. I've watched probably three horror movies, and I can't even name them to you. I did watch the Paranormal Activity. I watched the funny version of those. Well, I watched the real version of those. Those were spooky. Have you seen Chucky? No. It? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But you watch Stranger Things, Heather. Stranger Things is scary as heck to me. Yeah, but you get through it. <laughs> I, I know, but in like 30 minute increments, if that. And if I have the remote, I kid you not. I'm the worst person to watch scary stuff with. I do not know how Darian tolerates me. He, If I were him, 
and the roles were reversed, I probably would have moved out already. <laughs> because I will hold the remote and pause every 30 seconds during suspenseful parts. And he's like, just let it play. I just want to see what's going to happen. And I'm like, I'm too scared. So I just keep, like, playing. And then something it will start to, like, be suspenseful and something's about to jump out. And I'll pause it. <laughs> and then we play it for a couple of seconds and then I pause it. <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't have a man cave where he can watch these things in peace. <laughs> I'm too scared. I don't know what I don't know what it is about it. Like suspense really gets me. So you're saying like psychological thrillers? Mm-hmm. I'd probably pee my pants. Okay. Well, not literally. We'll just watch the figuratively pee my pants. We'll watch the funny ones like Beetlejuice. Okay. I really don't think it or Chucky is that scary, but those would be considered more scary. But like the Adams Family is funny. Okay. So, well, I know the songs from the Adams Family. They sound fun. Yeah. And I mean, it's like now here I'm very mad at the Adams Family right now because they're having a new show. Tim Burton came out with a new series called Wednesday, mm-hmm. which Wednesday Adams from that. Why are you going to put that at the end of November? Why are you going to make me wait all of Halloween to not be able to watch it and then have to wait till Thanksgiving to watch it? It should be a Halloween show. But that one does look like it's more like scary and not funny. Oh, but the like original movies are. Yeah funny but that's my qualm with um tim burton right now because you should have released it now with maybe Hocus it wasn't Pocus. his choice maybe not I know anyway people... anyone else that's inspired no that we know okay. of so well, he was a literal crazy person so out of the three that we've done so far what do you think the craziest one has been this one really yes yeah like, to go on, like, the type of, like, massacres that the first two people went on, like, the impaling and the killing them because they didn't want to be Catholic or whatever, like, that's bad. I agree. Like, that's bad. But first off, they weren't doing the killing themselves. They were just, like, in their mind, they Instigating were like, it. these people are bad, so let's kill them. Mm-hmm. But they weren't going to them and skinning them. And making objects in their house out of them. And they weren't feeding the meat to their to their friends and family and neighbors. Disgusting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like if you keep souvenirs, you're a totally different level to me. Like, they killed more people, right. for sure. But he's more messed up. Uh, yeah. And, well, like we talked about before, I think people were just built different back in the... 14 and 1500 I don't think that they, because they weren't connected the way that we are, mm-hmm. I don't think that they understood the severity of what they were doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, like, now we know that, like, all people are people. Right. And, like, they deserve to be alive. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, being Catholic or Protestant is not that big of a deal. Like, we all love God. <laughs> but, like, at the time, if you weren't catholic she probably believed that you were of the devil you know what i mean yeah so like i wish she hadn't done that but i can understand her thought process a lot more than i can understand this creepy dude's thought process yeah and like i mean obviously he wasn't married or anything but like he has like immediate relatives that could still be alive right now it's just crazy to think yeah it was very recent right <sighs> that one was like that, he he didn't die until your dad was born huh like my dad was like a teenager when he died when did he die in like the 80s oh yeah i don't know when my dad was born 60 
1960? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> He's not going to listen to this. He's like you. He said, I don't listen to your podcast. I don't like scary stuff. <laughs> Well, Brian, <laughs> I have to be here, unfortunately. <laughs> it was your idea. <laughs> this podcast was my idea, but this episode really was scary to me. I'm sorry. I did not want to hear any more after you told me that there were skin lampshades. I was like, I'm out. And a trash Get me can. out of here. There was a skin trash can. I don't want to hear sorry. about it. Sorry. <laughs> I know enough to be frightened of this man. He's dead now. Good. Oh. Finally. <laughs> Usually I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's dead. I'm scared of him. Usually I'm the one that has to be that person. I know, but this is too far for me. <laughs> Normally I can empathize with the murderers yeah. to some degree. This guy, no. Mm-mm. There's nothing I find that I have in common with him other than I like to live on a farm. <laughs> At any rate, thank you so much for telling me this story. Except okay. for I wish you hadn't. Listen, Darian's not here. Do you want me to stay here until he gets back? No, I'm going to be fine. But I just, this one was scary to me. Some of them are just scarier than others. Some of them are sadder than others. And some of them are scarier than others. Yeah. Well, yeah. This one's like mind-boggling. At any rate, follow our social medias. Buy our merch. Don't kill people. We'll see you next week with another episode. Bye. 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 Oh, thanks again, Mom. Thank you, Gina. Gina.